Hi, this is Ashley Victoria Robinson, Ringo Award nominated comic book writer of Jupiter Jet and Science, the Elements of Dark Energy, current face of Twitter marketing. And I want to let you know that you are listening to one of my favorite shows that I am subscribed to, The Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. Coming to you live from Delavan, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, we've just been talking for a little bit. It's been a while, and she's back on. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashley V. Robinson. Ashley, it's been a long time, and I know like, I'm regurgitating what we talked about a little bit earlier, but welcome back again. I am so happy to be here, and I just want the listeners to know that sweet, sweet Mr. Efren has been so patient with me. We have been trying to work this out for a minute. He's very patient with my flaky L.A. schedule, so send him a lot of love and appreciation for the patience he has in producing this show. <laughs> no, no, Ashley, it's all you. You know, like, we, you know, we've been playing phone tag, or we made certain dates, but you know what's important? We're talking now, and I appreciate your time that you're giving me, so thank you again anytime i appreciate you sticking with me uh, and especially having me on to chat about the stuff that i'm most proud of yes um there's a lot of a plethora of stuff that's been going on with you from science to jupiter jet um quarantine life um you know it's been a couple of years since we talked so tell me what's been going on with you Oh, so, uh, yeah, you caught me on a really wild week. So, I have a new comic book. It is called Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio. It is volume two in our Jupiter yes. Jet series. It's something I've been wanting to do for so long. Like, Jupiter Jet, I don't have children, so she's like my baby slash my sister in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> we've grown up and changed together. And I'm so proud. And the book is available for pre-order right now. Final order cutoff is in a couple weeks. And then this week, we learned that our sophomore graphic novel, Science, the Elements of Dark Energy, is nominated for a Ringo Award for Best Kids Original Graphic Novel. Uh, if your listeners don't know, and I'm sure they do because they're amazing, savvy people, uh, the Ringo Awards are a comic book industry award show that anybody can vote and nominate in. So pros, press, fans... The first volume of Jupiter Jet was nominated, and now Science is nominated. Uh, and we lost for Jupiter Jet, so I would love to say that I believe we're going to win for Science, but a personal hero of mine, Raina Telgemeier, is also nominated, so it will be a thrill to lose to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in good company. <laughs> you're in good company. <laughs> totally. It's so funny because she is like the queen of scholastic comics. She is uh, actually the reason that comics and graphic novels do not exist on the New York Times bestseller list because she was the top of it for like 15 years like i she's so iconic i love her so much <laughs> and i could not be more flattered to be nominated in the same category as all of her radiance and then yeah all of the quarantine stuff has been uh really really wild i am in the throes of applying for my american citizenship which has been uh, a process of my entire adult life wow. <laughs> and we're finally like i'm finally stepping through like the last door in the process of that um 
as things are the way they are socially and nationally. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I've never been more grateful to have a Canadian passport. Not that I'm going anywhere, <laughs> but it's nice to have the option, you know? Yeah. I'd say the thing about Canada, that universal health care sounds amazing right about now. That's my COVID plan, man. If, uh, <laughs> if I get sick, I'm going to like walk to Vancouver and call it a day. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, I know like I, I was on quarantine for a while. I was on furlough for a while, you know, and I don't know, it's been kind of hard for me. Like even like speaking with my therapist, there's like a lot of, I don't know, I think being closed in and claustrophobic, you know, like sometimes I just felt like my energy is depleting and I just feel lonely sometimes. I just have like ups and downs. Um, how has quarantine been for you? Has it been like that or has it motivated you? Because it affects everybody differently. So I just want to know how has quarantine affected you? First of all, I'm so happy that you brought up therapists and therapy because I believe that therapy is so important and I think it's something that truly everybody needs. Yes. And actually in quarantine, I have... Uh, I've been dating therapists, so I'm trying to find who my person is going to be. But, uh, you know, you got to do that by Zoom mm -hmm. now instead of yes. going to someone's office. So I'm very, very lucky. Uh, let, let's go full internet. I am very hashtag blessed yes. that I live with my favorite person in the world. So if I have to be stuck inside with someone, uh, I'm so lucky to be stuck inside with Jason Inman. And then a couple years ago, we got a cat. Uh who I named Brago after Aragorn's horse because I am that girl. And <laughs> I cannot recommend having a little baby pet enough because he, just having this little creature that like loves you unconditionally, like he takes the brunt of a lot of my emotions. I am a super emotional person. So uh, quarantine and being in LA where we sort of never really transcended out of stage one you know we're still very much in like trying to be on full lockdown mode can't sit anywhere people be eating denny's in the parking lot and i don't understand that uh, um it's been really tough in ways that i did not expect mm -hmm. i'm not i'm a pretty emotional person i haven't been crying as much as i uh would have thought if you told me that this was going to happen so i feel like that's a plus but i've also been like adopting plants and i have a hummingbird feeder now wow. so i feel yeah. like i've been adopting projects but nothing super super uh productive unfortunately i am like everyone else you know i'm like i'm trying to write a pilot but i have no motivation or energy yes. to work on my pilot so she's still in her outline phase but maybe when i talk to you again i'll have more to report about that yeah let me ask you a question like um what being in quarantine i used to get up in the bed and i never make my bed i like the thing is if i don't make my bed i know i'm not gonna do nothing today did you get up and you make your bed oh no girl the minute <laughs> i uh, left my parents house i was like i'm never making my damn bed ever again no it's never made uh, sometimes if somebody is which is obviously not happening right now but if someone is coming to house sit yeah then i will make the bed so don't look like a complete monster but you no know, for me if i don't get up and um I like to work out and do yoga and meditate in the morning and journal and light my candle and live my best witch life. If I don't kind of do my little morning ritual, then I know it's not going to be the best day. But also sometimes that's okay. And especially in a global pandemic, 
while we're going through a really monumental and a really important social movement, I mm-hmm. think it's important that sometimes we take a day to just watch My Hero Academia all day, and we know <laughs> that that's all right. Yeah, I know there's a lot of stuff going on. We talked about this off the air, but there's a lot of stuff political-wise, um, um, people standing up for their rights, um, riots. There's a lot of things going on in this world that I thought... Like, even with COVID, I never thought I would see anything like this in my lifetime. I hear pe- people talking about malaria and, you know, the Spanish flu or whatnot. And then, like, we're, li- we're living in a pandemic time and there's a lot of things that are happening. I think when there's, there's like, people who are concerned about the pandemic, you figure, oh, stuff like this is not going to happen because everybody is worried about the pandemic. But then you have all these things that are happening in the world where people are just turning savage or, and there's people who are just not obeying the rules. There's a lot of things going on. Like, do you feel, you know, as watching things transpire, like, do you feel like the world is, like, falling apart in some ways? Uh, I, I say that. I say that jokingly sometimes. I prefer to think of this especially as a resident of the quote-unquote new world, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. North America, Canada, the United States is pretty new compared to the rest of the world. Yes. I, I prefer to think of this as our teenage years. <laughs> teenage years. <laughs> you know, like that we're yeah. going through this upheaval because we're going to become the person that we were destined to be and we're, we're going to have, you know, it's like, I'm sorry if anyone listening to this is really young, but it's like when you finally turn 25 and then you turn into like a fully functioning human being, like that's kind of what I'm hoping <laughs> this moment is for us. Also because I have spent so long um, working to become an American and to be an American citizen and be able to vote and things like that so while a lot of it is really disheartening and i have been making a lot of calls and sending a lot of postcards on behalf of brianna taylor and elijah mclean um you know i'm just i'm hoping that if we do the work now then we won't have to do it later and sometimes i do get in my head and get in my feelings about it um you know, you watch a documentary or you read like some James Baldwin and you're like, oh, cool. Things have not gotten better. But I'm uh, I try to I try to face it with hope and gratitude. And I know I'm from California and that's like real hippy dippy. But if I if I don't eventually get into that headspace, I'll be sad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying you're in California, but, you know, California, like like where I used to live at New York, they're they're dealing with it pretty heavy because like the rules are a little bit different. The Midwest over here is kind of funny because um there's like the social distancing rule and the walmarts are closed at 8 30 but no one's social distancing at the bars everybody's at the bars and everybody's at the diners in the cafe so like you come in with your mask on you eat and you drink with your mask off so it's like kind of an oxymoron thing right there so it's just it's just weird how you know these things are happening and like there's these social distancing rules but you know, like you're coughing in airspace and there's people who don't want to wear the mask because they feel that's that's like, oh, this is too beneath me. So I'm going in without a mask. So I don't know. Every I think... time somebody says that it's wearing the mask is stepping on their rights. I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> I'm about to be this crotchety white lady. Like, well, if this is the worst thing that ever happened to you, then you're doing pretty OK. <laughs> I, I, look. You can get lots of cute masks now. Yes. I have a Spider Gwen mask. They put all kinds of great nerd stuff on there. Uh, you know, if, if again, if that's the worst thing that happens, you're doing okay. Do it for your grandma. Do it for your mom. Do it for yourself. And 
and uh, you know, if it's that much of a problem, then you don't get to leave your house. You know, it's like it's like when kids don't want to uh, follow the rules. Like, if you want to be treated like a child, then I'll treat you like a child. But the people who I see uh, not following the rules, uh, and this is of course me making a big generalization, are usually old enough to be my parents, and yep. that's upsetting. Yep. <laughs> you know how they say like the a leopard never changes the spots. Like when the, the older crowd, they usually are just have set in their ways. But you're right. You notice how like all the masks, they're like fashionistas. They're all stylish. Like you have uh, Batman masks, Masters of the Universe. You got all types of different masks where you can get now. It's like the masks, masks are like the new Jordans because you can get any type of mask. <laughs> any type of designs right it's just like fashionable I, now i love that it's become an extension of our personality because when you normalize it like that and when you make it something fun then it feels less like a chore right mm-hmm. and then you also like if you go to say like i'm not trying to promote any sites but if you go to like a custom ink you could like download your own logo or your own drawing and put it in a mask and you could just wear it freely you can have masks for five days out of the week you know and you just got to watch out that you don't break <laughs> yep you got to watch out that you don't break it depends what the mask you got because if you got the string one that usually breaks which is the the it's, it's kind of the sucky kind but like they have the one with yeah. the velcro the velcro one is the best one you have the velcro one or Custom Ink, they got to get over here and sponsor this podcast. <laughs> right? Custom Ink, listen, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's so many like different types of masks. And the thing is now with the world, um, I don't know, like there's, you know, I don't know, if, is, is Chili's open in uh, California by you? Oh, yeah. And oh, okay. Chili's right down the street from where I live. And oh. I get, I get really sick of order from there sometimes because I am a white person who loves me. <laughs> Are they doing the same thing as well? Like, um, they have like the social distancing seating or you, or you just order, yeah. you just get delivery. So there's, okay. There's a lot of restaurants here where like you can sit in the parking lot or you can sit on, um, their patio. But for me, the ambiance of, you know, a parking lot or a Chili's patio or IHOPs, all the IHOPs here are at, like, it's, it's not, I'm not going there because I want the mood. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then I feel like so bad for the workers. If somebody has to come and serve you your food, looking like they're going into surgery, <laughs> I, I'm just not like, I would rather just give them money. You know, I'd rather be like, Oh, here's, here's a $20 tip. Go home. Don't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the same thing here with the teachers. The teachers have face shield mask on when they teach the kids and a mask. They have a mask and a face shield mask on top of the mask. So they they kind of look like surgeons almost in a way. Are your schools open? Our schools here, I think, are all digital for the most part. Oh, yeah. Well, here it's the option. So um, they have mm. school where you could go in three days out of the week and two virtually or you could just do it all virtually so but i think i think you know a lot of parents who have their kids in school is because they probably have no sitters so it's like they have no other option but to do that but yeah um, i think that's really sad actually yeah. because like child care is a very expensive prospect and if people have to work at the same time you know like i'm just here trying to put my cat through college i don't know nothing about having a kid but <laughs> Uh, I think it's I think it's really it's really sad where for some people they don't even have the choice like that's their only option. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's sad. It's just like it's I don't know, Ashley. I think it's 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 a different world. Like you know, I'm 44 years old and I'm just looking at this world now. Just like wow, like you know, I think I think movies were open in Vegas. I think right, it's an AMC. They they're people showing. People have driven from yes. LA to Vegas yes. to watch New Mutants, and look, some of them are friends of mine. But uh, you better believe I am side eyeing those Instagram <laughs> posts when I see them. 
Like, I'm going to the drive-in to see New Mutants. It will be fine. It'll be fine. And I can bring a whole pizza in my car. <laughs> oh, they, oh, so the, drive, the drive-ins out there are open the, in California? They oh. are. Um, they've been open since... Oh, we went into quarantine at the at the end of March, about mid March. So they've probably been open since April. So you have to stay one car length apart. Um, and it's crazy because so I'm from Canada originally. Canada has a very long winter, so like drive-ins are not really a thing. And so I went to the, the drive-in for the first time in my life this year. We went in May to see Invisible Man, and they've been playing a lot of like VOD or they've been doing a lot of classics like Indiana Jones just played, yes. but now they have New Mutants. And I was like, oh, that's great because I have been so excited for New Mutants for so long. I can't wait to go see it at the drive-in in the safety of my car, and it's cheaper than going to a regular movie theater here. So for me, it's a win-win. I don't need to go to Vegas. I don't like Las Vegas. It's too hot. <laughs> Um, um, let me ask you this, because, um, like you said, people drove to Vegas to go to the movies. Um, do you think, probably, let's say, by next year or whatnot, you think um, movie theaters, AMC, and those chains, Cinemark, are going to be obsolete and everything is going to be VOD? Or you think we'll get to normalcy eventually down the line where everything will sort of be back to normal? What do you think? I, I, I really hope that everything will be back to normal. I don't think the VOD stuff is going to make a huge, huge impact until something like Black Widow or Wonder Woman, right, gets released day in, day of. Because if you look at the stuff that's been released on VOD right now, it was Mm -hmm. The Hunt, which I think is great and I highly recommend. It was Trolls. It was Scoob. uh, It's Bill and Ted coming up. Uh, It'll be Mulan. Mulan is probably the biggest one. Yeah. But everything except Mulan is something that was never going to be a tentpole million dollar movie. So I think that if we are able for the most part in most of the country, and this is only me speaking about the United States because obviously different countries are in different places. Mm -hmm. I think if Come April, May, or June of next year, right, when there was probably a vaccine that's probably fairly accessible, I think we'll eventually get back to movies the way they are. But you might see these smaller independent movies going to VOD first, but that was already happening. I mean, Netflix has had original movies for mm-hmm. for eons. But yeah. I also think that once we're in a place where it's really and truly safe to go outside again. We are all going to be so desperate to not be in our homes anymore. So I think people will go to the movies just to get out of the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to before where we were like, well, I'm only kind of interested in that. So maybe I'll wait. I think we'll be like, I'm kind of interested in that. I'm going. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's like a double edged sword because I think now, um, uh, us, us people like i think we got used to watching vod like i do i don't know i think i think my psychological thing is like i do miss movie theater popcorn but then i have like my microwave popcorn but i'll get like the kettle corn because like the sweet popcorn and then i'll just i'll just (laughs) and i'll just watch like a vod and i'm like okay i'm kind of satisfied and like i don't know i'm in my house gear no you know i have to put i don't have to get dressed up i'll just watch movies in my jammy so it's like it's a comfort thing but i don't know i think I'm not really, I'm not a, I, well, I, I'm a people person, but it's like, if I can watch a certain movie by myself with no interruptions, then I like, I kind of like that too. So it's like, I, you know what, like, 
I think I'm rambling, but it's like when I got it taken away from me, it's almost like, okay, I kind of want that back. But if I chose not to go myself to see it, I think I would have been okay with that. But having the option of, all right, now you can't go to the movies no more. is like, I, I miss it in a way, you know? I agree. And I think that's where a lot of our angst comes from because I do like people, but I'm also very much like I'm okay like my dream is truly to like not be invited to any parties and just sit at home alone and like watch RuPaul's Drag Race over and over again like that sounds like an awesome weekend to me um I kind of have like a meter you know and sometimes the cup gets full and I'm like I have to leave right now but the minute the choice is robbed of you I think that's where a lot of us are struggling you know it's kind of like being a little kid again where you have to ask to go to the bathroom and you're like well why can't I just go I think that's why a lot of us are feeling some kind of way because yeah if you had told me you know in 2019 like hey you could watch wonder woman from your house i'd be like what a dream that sounds <laughs> awesome and now i'm like no i want to go i want to go with 800 friends and i want to cry in a public cinema <laughs> um speaking of wonder woman I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen um dc fandom but if you did oh yeah oh you did okay um what 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 were the highlights for you and what did you take away from it I mean, definitely Wonder Woman. The original Wonder Woman is my favorite superhero movie, bar none. Uh, I cried the first time I saw it. Aww. I think it's so spectacular. Yeah. It, it's a little it's a little sour grapes, right? Because the movie was already supposed to be out. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, I mean, the trailer was really nice, but I want the movie. You know, that's like the five-year-old. And he's like, but I want the movie. Yeah, I want it now. I, <laughs> I want it right now. Here's my Wonder Woman Barbie to prove it. <laughs> Uh, and then other than that, I'm a huge Tim Drake fan. And sometimes being a Tim, Tim Drake fan is like being one hand clapping. You're just like, what am I doing here? Oh, yeah. And the Gotham Knights trailer. I'm not even that big of a gamer, but that made me yes. so excited. Like the Batman trailer. Yeah, it was great. I'm so happy for Jeffrey Wright because I think he is everything. And I'm so yes. glad he's like super, super famous now later in his career. But I'm like, give me Robin. Yep. I'm so much more excited about Robin. Yep. What really got you? What got you excited? Um, Definitely Batman. Wait, I want to I want to go back to Jeffrey Wright because Jeffrey Wright to me, I don't know if you've oh, seen sure. the, I, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but since being from New York and Manhattan, he him as Peoples Hernandez in Shaft to me is one of the most underrated, underappreciated roles that he's ever had. Yeah. Because if 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 you ever been like in in like the city or even any type of inner cities and you see a guy like that, there's people who are like that. Like his accent, his hair, the way he dressed was perfect. It <laughs> was perfect and i'm not trying to be like a stereotype but he played a great dominican role like you know uh like a, a street savvy dominican he played that to a t i just wanted to say that people's hernandez is a very underrated role but um <laughs> i think he's also really great in um uh the manchurian candidate he's very yes. underrated in that as well yes he's a freaking chameleon like he reminds me of Giancarlo esposito because he could play any type of role and own it you know dude Giancarlo Esposito was in the get down. Yes, yes. And he was so good at it. <laughs> and he's a chameleon too. Like if you've seen his early work, he he's changing. He's got he's got skinnier, but he's changed a lot. Like his hair and everything. He's changed a lot. 
I love him. I want him to play Reed Richards in the MCU. You know what? That you know, I oh my god. I mean, I get started that because I will debate people like the Fantastic, Fantastic Four should be white. That's how it is in the comics. That's how it should be. You know, and I was like, you know, change is good. You know, like if they have a black Superman, I wouldn't mind it. If they had, you know, oh, Fantastic Four were black, I wouldn't mind it either. Like if that is the thing that you are getting stuck on, and I know every time anyone asks you about casting choices, right, you always think about like oh hair color and make the most obvious choices. Yes, like yes. fuck that. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. I'm so sorry. No, no, you can swear. Um, you can swear. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if it's truly supposed to be the best person for the role that ever we should be auditioning, all types, all races, unless it is specifically something about the character, right? Like Black Lightning should obviously be <laughs> yeah. a black man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, should definitely, like, Stimulu is Chinese. That's yep. so perfect. But. Yep. Anyway, I, I asked you what you thought about Fandom, and then we got off the rail. Yeah, no, Fandom, I, I honestly, but the Batman trailer was amazing to me. Like, you know, as, you know, as, as a stereotype, like Robert Pattinson, no, there's no way he could pull it off. No, because, you know, me being a stereotype, I saw him as the Twilight guy. I'm not going to lie about it. I was like, all right, he's the Twilight guy. There's no way. But then I see his other roles and other movies he's done. I'm like, you know what? I think he can pull it off. Like, I, I, I always saw him as a Robin type, like a Tim Drake type, but uh-huh. I... I, I see I I seeing the trailer I see him as Bruce Wayne I'm like wow okay I'm sold now I want to see the story I'm sold you know have you seen the lighthouse with him and Willem Dafoe no I, people were telling me about that it's a really good movie is it right it is yes. so good it's very strange uh so I'm like you know just gird yourself for that yeah. but. Uh, I think you'll like it, and I think it does a good job at showing you what he could be like as Batman. Yeah, as his range, right? As an actor too, like from his, like you know, because you know he's done that, yeah, yeah the, the Twilight trilogy or whatnot. Not even a trilogy. I know, and yet. I know everybody likes to dunk on him for Twilight, and I do yeah. too. But anybody who is an actor, like we all would have killed to be in those movies. Like he is super rich and super set for life. Just yep. from being in a bunch of crappy movies, so let's give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, that's actor. true. But I'm like, hey, franchise me up. I'll play Batman so I can't play Batman no more. Franchise me up, you know? Absolutely. Oh, also, um, uh, speaking of this, what what do you think of uh, Ben Affleck coming to the Flashpoint? I didn't even get your uh, take on that. So I am so excited because so initially when he was announced, I was like, ooh, Ben Affleck is back. You know, like. Yeah. The same reaction that everybody had, right? The same reaction that everyone had to Robert Pattinson. But I loved his Batman, and I loved his Bruce Wayne. One of my favorite moments in BVS is when he encounters Wonder Woman, and then he's pretending to be drunk, and he's like, I like you, she's... Like, it's such a Bruce Wayne, <laughs> like, many-layered disguise. Uh, for me, I love how he looks in the Bat... I just... I love his Batman. I'm very here for Batflex, so when I heard he was coming back, I was so happy, because for me, and it's what I like for Batman, and it's my opinion, I like my Batman to be, like, 45 years old. <laughs> and... <laughs> So for me, he is the most comic accurate Batman that I've seen. I know that not everybody agrees, but uh, it's truly the only thing I'm excited about in Flashpoint. Now, to be fair, we don't really know anything about Flashpoint, true, but true. that is the thing that's got me really excited. Yeah, and I think is you know I think DC fandom was a success, and I think you know revealing things to the fans that are waiting for so long, who haven't been to the movie theaters for so long, just getting the glimpse, especially of the Black Adam stills, and getting the, uh, a glimpse yeah. of everything that's happening. Like I think DC is we're heading in the right direction. You know, even the Snyder Cut looks amazing. Like wow, you know, like I'm excited for that. I I'm 
really hoping that Marvel gives us something like this. I actually think that this is, and and the digital cons that we've been getting this year are super, super exciting because it's a new way for us to interact with stuff. So I hope that even after the pandemic, we still continue to do events like this. Obviously, it won't be content released on that scale. I'm pretty sure the Wonder Woman trailer that we saw was probably supposed to be at either... Uh, Emerald City Comic Con or WonderCon this year when the movie was originally scheduled to come out in the summer, but I like the precedent that DC Fandom has set, and if anyone doesn't think it's a success, they're a lunatic. <laughs> oh, that's true, that's true. Um, Ashley, um, there's another thing I want to tell you. You know, I think the last time we talked, you know, you made guest spots on Collider, and now everyone is, like, having their own YouTube channels and Patreons, and there's a lot of content, there's a lot of... I don't want to say there's competition, but there's a lot of... Um, sure. Competition is a healthy thing, too. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, I, I, I'm trying to find the word for it. There's a lot of people. There's a, there, it, it's, it's almost like uh, French fries. You got your McDonald's fries. You got your Burger King fries. You got a plethora of people that are having content and having information and, and, yeah. and having shows and whatnot. Um, do you think that's good for business and for, and for the fans all around, like for having a lot of different content to watch or having time to watch any content at all? <laughs> well, if you're trying to consume it all, that's impossible, right? Yes, and that's yes. actually been, I think one of the real blessings of quarantine slash the pandemic is it's for me it's given me a lot of chance to like read and watch and listen to things that I have like ongoing lists on my phone of these are the comics I want to read or this is a book I heard about or this is a TV show and I have more time than ever to consume it in terms of the collider and the, and the punditry and stuff yes, like that's that, the word I was looking for I, yeah. I love um I love a niche and I love boutique content and I think if you're doing something uh, particularly paywall driven like a Patreon the way to be successful is to speak to your unique audience I will say when everyone else started their Patreons I felt very blessed because uh, Jason Inman and I have had a Patreon I think we started within the first two years of the Patreon platform maybe since either 2014 or 2015 like we adopted it really early mm -hmm. so we have a really great base of people who've been with us for a long time like we when was six years ago? 2014. So yeah. our longest patrons have been with us for six years. So I actually felt this might sound egotistical and like I'm patting myself on the back, but um, <laughs> I felt like really, I felt like in a really good place when everyone else was starting because I was like, I've been at this for five years, kids. <laughs> Welcome to the game. But by that same token, um, I was more like we worked a lot with Mark Riley uh, and we offered like a lot of people who started new Patreons and were looking for advice. Like I'm more than happy to reach out to because I'm in a point in my life and my career now where like I'm done seeing other people as competition in a negative way. Like there is no reason not to uplift people and mm -hmm. to support people because if more people are doing cool stuff, then it drives you to be better. I think the tougher thing is on the consumer. And then I would, I would caution a consumer to make sure that you're supporting the people that mean the most to you and whose opinions you value the most because whether it's monetarily or not, whether it's like with retweets or having people on your podcast or whatever, if, if you are truly invested in someone and the work they're doing, uh, then giving your focus to them can really be helpful. And then you're making sure that you're only consuming the content that means the most to you, right? Because none of us want to feel like we're just drowning under, you know, none of us want like uh, eight, 
different reviews of New Mutants. You want it from those <laughs> yeah. handful of people whose opinions you really respect, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's true. That's the thing. There's different strokes for different folks. You know, there's something for everybody. And I think that's what I like about it now. Like, you know, now you don't have to like watch one main thing to get like five people talking in one spot. If there's an individual, individual or certain people that you like, you can definitely watch it now. So I think it's a little bit better that way. Exactly. It's actually more like, um, it's more like a buffet now. You can just do yes. whatever you want. Yes. It's the golden corral of punditry. That's what the golden corral of punditry. That's what it should be called. Yes. I will take that. <laughs> Um, Ashley, so um, talk, tell me about a little bit about um, what you got going on. I know you're talking about science and Jupiter Jet. Um, will there be more Jupiter Jets in the future down the road? Oh, God, I hope so. So the plan <laughs> for Jupiter Jet has always been five volumes. So we're right, volume okay. two. So that would mean three more to come. Okay. Uh, so in each volume, she'll progress a year in her story. So in volume one, she was 16. And so now in volume two, it's a year later. She's been Jupiter Jet for a year. Um, I guess I won't spoil the ending of book one. That's almost two years old now. But the okay. reveal at the end of book one has become her new reality. And so she's on the brink of adulthood. And so by the end of volume five, she would be 20. So she would be a fully fledged adult woman of the solar system. <laughs> and now that we had the success of volume one and we've rolled into volume two, we've been able to plant a lot more story and relationship seeds that are going to pay off further down the line, which is so like such a privilege. Like volume one is much more self-contained than volume two. There's a panel in volume two, and I won't spoil it because I want people to read it. There's a panel in volume two that will not pay off until the end of volume three. Uh, there is a character in the book who Jupiter Jet is going to wind up married to, who we have already met. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a hint at the different type of science fiction that we're going to be addressing in future volumes. So there is a plan to do more Jupiter Jet. It's just a matter of... Uh, if we can sell it as a television show between now and then, we'll be able to produce it a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so please tell Netflix that you think it would make a super dope television show. Um, do you have the ending in your head? Like of what the last like frame would be for the ever of Jupiter J? Like, do you know the ending already? I do. I know Jason and I know what the final scene is going okay. to be okay. and the characters who are going to uh, be included in that. And then we also know who is going to make it to the ending and who is not. <sighs> oh my dun, God. Dun, this is an all ages <laughs> book and there is going to be character deaths. In it. Wow. So like, all right, so you already have the ending, but like, do you like you haven't have it figure out yet of how to get like, you know, what's the ending going to be, but you haven't come up with the construct yet of how you're going to get there. Right. Or you already exactly. have. Exactly. Okay. Like there are definitely touchstone ideas that will happen along the way. We have, and I think all writers have this, we sort of have an ongoing Google doc of like future Jupiter jet ideas. And like, this is, we actually have volume three roughly planned. And then like, this might be an idea that could be in volume four. And this might be an idea that could be in volume five. And that's the most fun thing about writing is the, is the ideas and the what ifs or the oh we could do this it's when you actually have to sit down and practically do it like that's not fun that's hard <laughs> yeah um and um what's going on with geek history lesson oh geek history lesson much like the patreon in its sixth year yes and that's the longest are, right wow <laughs> oh we're gonna cross 350 episodes i believe by the end of the year which is 
wild to think about. Wow. We used to do geek history lesson in our closet because it had the most soundproofing in it. And now it's uh, it's like this whole little entity unto itself. And we have a bunch of episodes that we're going to record this weekend with some pretty incredible guest stars. This year was actually going to be the year that we tried to take Geek History Lesson on tour. Uh, but, you know, now we're blessed with a whole other year to see if we can take it to strange new worlds and civilizations. But it's been a lot of fun this year because we typically plan the episodes around pop culture relevant releases and we've had to like fly a little bit by the seat of our pants because like we had a whole wonder woman month planned and a whole james bond month planned and wow. <laughs> the are coming out anymore so they've been trickling out like this week's episode is our timothy dalton james bond films episode because yeah. we had it recorded uh and I truly loved Timothy Dalton James Bond movies, so it was a lot of fun to record. Yeah, I always, always call him the rough James Bond. Like he was debonair, but he was like rough. He was like a rough dude. He you know? is very much. He's sort of the least classically handsome as well, but yes. he's very. I love Daniel Craig, and uh, Timothy Dalton is very proto Daniel Craig in a lot of ways. And I can kind of see how when you come out of the Roger Moore era, I can see why the consumer was maybe like, this is weird. I don't know if I like this, but from a modern lens, I think it super works. Yeah. Um, Ashley, getting back to you, um, what is next for Ashley V. Robinson? Oh, I mean, hopefully fame and fortune, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't send some money here, uh, then if you get rich. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> my, my hope, my goals right now are American citizenship. I can't wait to vote. Yes, uh, that's wow. something that I very much believe in. Um, in the more immediate future, folding my laundry is going to be next for me. <laughs> and then continuing, um, last year I kickstarted uh, the single issue of a comic called Aurora and the Eagle about a Canadian superhero who comes to the United States to train so to see if she can join her universe's version of the Justice League and I've spent the past year pitching it, and I'm, I think she's finally found a home. So that's the next big thing that I'm going to be working on that I'm really excited about. So if people checked that out and liked it, uh, there's more coming. If you checked out and didn't like it, I don't care. Don't tell me. <laughs> and just generally trying to figure out how to connect with people in this difficult time because the best resources that we have are each other. Yeah, yeah. Especially that everything we're going through now in this world, yeah, that's you know, it, the thing is, I think people need to have empathy for one another, and you know, you know, you you never know what no one's going through until you walk a mile in their shoes. So it's just like you know, no no facts and no, you know, read up on stuff before you pass judgment. You know, that's what I take away from life. You know, well. My fa one of my favorite Doctor Who actors is Peter Capaldi, and yes, he has a line him. as a twelfth Doctor where he says, "Just be kind." Yes, and that's all it is, right? Like yeah. we all have our bad days, but if you, uh, you know, if you're a jerk, you could always turn around and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that," and that's okay too. Yeah, you know, we all humans where we all make mistakes, and you know, you know, they they say like experience is always the best teacher. So even if you fuck up once or twice, you know, you learn from it. And I fucked up plenty of times, and I'm sure I still fuck up some more. But you know, it you know it 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 makes you sometimes like when you do mistakes and when you you do something that wasn't right or you do something that wasn't kind or whatnot you learn from it and sometimes it can make you a better person sometimes you might not give a fuck but you know it's learning it's, it's all about the experience you know 
Exactly. And who knew this is what we were going to be chatting about? <laughs> right? I'm sorry. Culture sphere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, Ashley, I want you to promote your social media, promote um, your hashtags or whatnot. You know, everybody got the little TikToks or whatnot, so... Oh, your girl is too old to have a TikTok, let me tell you. I did see the greatest TikTok, though, on Twitter. It was like a girl making a cake and talking about how people were mean to her in the comments. And it was a gentleman reacting to it. She was like, yeah, people are really mean to me. And he goes, go, who? Name names. She, she's like, I'm just trying to make this cake. But that cake is excellent. So TikTok has given me joy, but I am not a, I'm not creating content there because I don't understand it. But... If you do want to find me and you want to send me cute pictures of animals or of Tim Drake, I am at Ashley V Robinson on all social media because I like to be super easy to find. The V is very important because Ashley Robinson is a WNBA player who <laughs> I don't want to fight for SEO, but I have decided that now I'm into basketball because the WNBA is everything. So if you want to tell me who I should follow, you can also tweet me that at Ashley V Robinson. <laughs> if you want to follow all of Jupiter jets antics she is on twitter at jupiter jet comic that's also the hashtag hashtag jupiter jet comics you can order jupiter jet and the forgotten radio from your local bookstore from your local comic book store or on Comicsology right now final order cutoff is september 15th so if you order before then you're guaranteed to get it when it ships on october 7th and if you order, if you pre-order it and you email a little screenshot or a little photo of your receipt to jupiterjetcomic at gmail.com, we're actually doing a giveaway. We have a bunch of amazing prints, including a signed John Boy Myers print who did Spawn and Teen Titans. And the number one prize winner gets a character in volume three named after them. So please pre-order Jupiter Jet. Please enter our contest. And then if you are a comics press or professional member in the Ringo 2020 Awards, if you would vote for science the elements of dark energy then um i love you very much and i will send you good karma oh sweet ashley ashley your <laughs> quick quick guilty pleasures on reality tv are you a fan of love and lockup or 90 day fiance uh i have not started 90 day fiance but oh. i want to my uh i don't have guilty pleasures because i refuse to be ashamed of the things i like but my reality tv uh triumvirate is rupaul's drag race oh okay uh, teen mom and teen mom too yes and sister wives those oh. are what your girl really likes all right i love it i love it you, you got to get into 90 day fiance because i think you would appreciate that it is hilarious you know you will be the first person i tell when i started <laughs> it's kind of sad because i get ragged on for watching 90 day fiance but it's so addicting it's so good it's so good <laughs> no you do not let people make you feel bad for what you like that's rude <laughs> Oh man, Ashley, I know it took us a while to talk, but I'm glad you came on and congratulations on your success. Soon to be Americana, Ashley. So, Ashley America. So, yes. <laughs> thank you. And again, thank you for being such a kind presence on the internet. Thank you for being such a good friend. Thank you for always checking in and never being offended when I take a long time <laughs> to answer because I do appreciate it and I appreciate people having me on their shows to talk about my stuff because otherwise I'm just creating stuff in a bubble and that doesn't get me anywhere. <laughs> nah, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and um, best wishes to the future and hopefully it won't be a couple of years before we talk again. Hopefully we'll talk. It won't. Yeah. Promise. Let's <laughs> hope down the road. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>